ಆರ್ ಲಿಸನಿಂಗ್ ಟು ದ ಅಗಸ್ತ್ಯ ಆರ್ ಭವಂತಃ ಅಗಸ್ತ್ಯ ಸತ್ರಂ ಶೃಣ್ವಂತಿ ಇನ್ ಟುಡೇಸ್ ಅಗಸ್ತ್ಯ ಆರ್ ವಿ ಬ್ರಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಯು ಅನ್ ಇಂಟರ್ವ್ಯೂ ವಿತ್ ಡಾಕ್ಟರ್ ಕೊನಾರ್ಟ್ ಅಲ್ಸ್ ಆನ್ ಡಿಕೊಲೋನೈಸಿಂಗ್ ಎಜುಕೇಶನ್ let's speak a little bit more uh, I, i completely agree with the value for hindu dharma and the traditions and things like that but sort of in a more uh, you know more broader education let's say for example traditional indian math or indian science and technology or even things like temple architecture uh, what value how do we integrate that sort of educate uh, that those sort of knowledge systems and you know even cultural training or whatever into the education system and do you see that would you say that that provides you know a unique and different perspective and value to parents whose kids are going to schools today yes well there i have to say that um in terms of practical experience i only know the standard form of education mm-hmm. where you cram up knowledge you see um more alternative forms of schooling like my daughter has been through a steiner school for example mm-hmm. you see that is pretty different in approach where physical skills musical skills and so on are far more emphasized but i have no personal experience of this so how how to go about this you see that i leave to educationists okay um, but um nevertheless what i do know about is the transmission of knowledge and so there far more emphasis should be laid on the uh contribution of the hindu tradition to the creation of science to the different arts as for for example the knowledge of arts very much is and remains unknown mm-hmm. um we may even get a situation where the today still very alive tradition of hindustani music and carnatic music of classical music uh gets sidelined completely this is the situation in china for example where you have a tradition of classical music but you see chinese youngsters come to brussels for the queen elizabeth contest of classical music and on the violin they play beethoven and they win hmm. they become the best in the world okay but that's not chinese music anymore right. so in india you still have quite a bit of that real local native aboriginal culture still persisting so you see that that ultimately is also threatened by you see the the hunger of the elites for westernization mm-hmm. so there it is just very important to keep teaching that transmit that to your children if your daughter has a, a talent for music make sure that she learns this this indian classical music mm-hmm. and so on so that is very important mm-hmm. just to keep your culture alive thank you we are 15 minutes over time so i'm going to end with one last question and this is again uh very relevant to everything that we talked about uh so and this is particularly important for us uh, because you have written the book agastya to ambedkar mm-hmm. we named ourselves after agastya rishi as a social inspiration for ourselves uh and we 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 consider ambedkar to be one of the great heroes of uh, of you know mm-hmm. in india in terms of his influential ideas and everything else so from agastya to ambedkar is the name of your book yes <laughs> well yeah the book is a bit outdated because yes. it's about the aryan invasion theory right. and its applications now in that field you see a lot of progress has been made so right. about that i have more recent books right. but the application in india concerns mainly 
two movements that make use of the Aryan invasion theory, right. namely Dravidianism. Yes. Um, so there's a sort of separate South Indian culture. Now, in fact, Agastya is the Vedic Rishi who yes. went to the South, uh, yes. who starts, you see, the unification of India. Absolutely. And then um, Ambedkar did not believe in the Aryan invasion theory. Yes. I Very guess. important. Uh, but his followers nowadays do. Yes. And in fact, it is it is like the be all and end all of their worldview. And so you see, there I focused on well, how you can perfectly, you know, discuss and and conceptualize the caste situation of India without the Aryan invasion theory and all the divisive influences that come from it. Yeah. I see. On the contrary, you have a native Indian tradition that relativizes mm-hmm. caste. You see that sure. it is against this. This very strong compartmentalization. In fact, there to caste, you can apply the same reasoning as to other so-called social evils that have historically been very heavily used by the missions, especially right. in order to demonize Hinduism. For instance, sati. Mm-hmm. You see, some people say, "Oh, sati is because of the Muslim invasions and women try to save themselves by jumping in the fire." That's not true. That also did happen, but that's not the origin of Sati. Sati is already mentioned in the Rig Veda. Mm-hmm. And there it is very interesting. On the one hand, they mention the reality of Sati. They mention, you see, Sati existed as a custom already 4,000 years ago. Uh, not only in India, though, by the way. Um, but yes, it existed in India, and it is long before Islam. Um, however, the woman there, the widow, you see, goes on the husband's funeral pyre, mm. but then she is, she is led away, you see. They say to her, come on, you see, this man is dead, he's going to the world of the dead, you belong to the world of the living, come on, join us. Yeah. So you see that from the beginning, the attitude to sati is more complex than, mm-hmm. you see, Western missionaries claimed. There was already an anti-sati attitude since the beginning. And so similarly with caste, uh, mm-hmm. you know, caste was in some circles indeed quite problematic, but it is quite possible to change that, mm-hmm. to reform without disowning Hindu culture. Yeah. My, what I was also going to point out is that Dr. Ambedkar was one of the few leaders uh, at the time of India's independence who wanted Sanskrit to be the link language of the country. Uh, today's Ambedkarites, they call themselves Ambedkarites, but they're anti-Sanskrit. They see that as an imposition of a Brahminical evil culture or whatever. Uh, but anyway, what, what I want to wrap this up with, and again, I wanted to bookend that with Agastya from Vedic Rishi Times and Ambedkar, whom I consider a towering public intellectual uh, of modern India. From these two great Indians and in this great tradition, uh, what can we learn about decolonize? How, how would they inspire us to decolonize ourselves and our education? Well, forget about decolonization. You see, as long as you talk about decolonization, you are saying that you are still in a colonized state. You see, why don't you just outgrow that right away? You know, yes. it is like it is an adolescent position of ever being being in rebellion against your father. <laughs> so, you see, at yes. the end of the colonial period in 1940 or so, that, that was understandable, yeah. no problem, but that's long ago now. Okay. So just return to your own culture, forget about this Western culture, 
you know, return to your own culture and any inputs that you do receive from the West, ask yourself, what would Agastya have done with this? I don't think we can end on a better note than that. So thank you so much, Dr. Elst, for everybody who joined. Thank you so much. And always ask yourself, what would Agastya have done with it? Thank you. Good night and good day. Enjoy listening to the Agastya R. Is there something you really liked or would like to see in a future episode? Agastya Gurukulam welcomes your feedback either by phone or text message at 919-294-4800 or by email at info at radionaira.com or by online chat messaging at radionaira.com.